Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. I am also a host. I'm Casey Clapp, looking up words that I cannot pronounce all the time. Ooh, like the name of this week's tree. Ooh, yes. And the name of what describes this week's tree. We'll get to it. Wow. We'll get to what it. an intriguing and intriguing proposition. <laughs> oh, you know, there's a, uh, I might have said this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, down in Southern Oregon, there's a, uh, a resort. It's a, it's a tree resort. And oh. almost every single one of their trees, uh, or their the resort places, is uh-huh. a tree house in a tree. Okay, sure. And they, they name each one some pun has to do with the ends or starts with tree. Oh, boy. Like the magist tree and things like that. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we'll go down and join the conference here one of these days. But it is... Yeah, uh, invite yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think we can just go. We, uh, we just have to uh, sign up. It's a tree no, I want to be conference. invited. All right, I'll invite you. Sorry, I'm just tweaking our levels here, yeah, Casey. Yeah, it feels good, feels good. Anyway, uh, Alex, how are you? Good day. Good day, Casey. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to lay it out on the table. I'm feeling a little weird today. Uh... I, got good, I got good enough sleep mm-hmm. and some strange dreams, but I woke up and was like immediately in like a panicky, like getting thing done, getting things done state. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, so far nothing has really gone to plan or mm. gone smoothly this morning. But I yeah. think that's probably like operator error, like because I'm so I'm so frantic, yeah. I'm fucking everything up. Ah, okay. Um, I have a proposal then. What's that? Let's take three deep breaths. All right. To center ourselves and get ready for this odyssey we're about to do. Okay. Okay, here we go. One, yeah, I'm two, ready. three. Bring Everybody. With us at home. Join in. One more. Oh, I'm feeling faint. Oh, that means you're breathing in too fast. <laughs> take a second. And you know this when I when you walked in this morning, uh-huh. I was I was sitting like a like a kid playing with broken <laughs> toys, trying to put this this uh, desk monitor clamp together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was. You seemed. I walked in, and I think you looked at me and said, "End my life" or like something. Yeah. Like, what was it? I think. What did you say? I said, "Please end my life." I, yeah. I was I was being <laughs> cheeky, just, but 
just killed me. <laughs> it was because I I got this fucking I got this fucking monitor clamp and I re- I opened the instructions and immediately shut them again. And I was like, yeah. I, I I cannot even I, attempt I cannot, this right now. I cannot do this. And you very you very kindly and lovingly sat down immediately and tried to start uh, putting it together. And you Thank you me. got through step one of the process. We I did, think. yeah. And now step two revolves around the desk itself. Yes, which so, will be for another yeah, time. Like, we we've come far enough. It's going to be Lily is coming over tonight. We're going to have a, a nice evening putting my desk monitor clamp together. Yeah, How honestly, romantic, Casey. Sweet date, I tell you. Yeah, that sounds that sounds perfect. I told you this. I'll bring her a glass of cold lemonade. Yeah, exactly. She'll wipe the sweat from her brow. And you'll be like, wow, you're doing so good. Thank you. And then go back to doing something else in the kitchen. Trace a little shape on her shoulder with my finger. Uh, like construction projects the most romantic thing it reminds me of a uh, Mad Men I haven't watched much of Mad Men oh yeah you remember when he, he tries to put together the swing set in his backyard no I I never really watched that show though oh, I heard okay. it was incredible yeah he I, everybody loves it but it's like I ain't, I, ain't got, I ain't got time for that there's seven fucking seasons of that yeah, shit I got I got plenty of 90 day fiance to catch up on plenty of it and I have to say uh, who do you know who that actor was what was his name Oh, John Hamm? John Hamm. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't want to watch anything of his after Hercules, where he played the titular character, Hercules. He played Hercules? Yeah. Do you remember that show? It was like uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, and then they like had a spinoff of Hercules. With John Hamm? I'm 90% sure that Casey, John Hamm I is... Am- is- Hercules. I am that other percent sure that you're incorrect, but we need to look it up. Yeah, okay. Tell Xena, me what you find. spinoff... Hercules, because I can I can see the actor's face in my head, and it's yeah. not John Hamm. I think it's John Hamm. It's not John Hamm, Casey. What? But it is a guy who looks a little bit like John Hamm. His name is Kevin Sorbo. Oh, you're kidding me! Really? I'm not kidding you, Case. I think, uh, but I'll give you credit. I if I if this is like if you'd have a dream about John Hamm. And he doesn't really look like John Hamm. That dream John Hamm looks like Kevin Sorbo. I can't Sorbo. believe this. I thought this. I thought my entire life that that was John Hamm. <sighs> I'm so sorry to uh, to to burst your bubble. Lucy Lawless is yeah. Zena. Man, I love Lucy Lawless. She's so good. Dude, insane. Yeah. I need to watch that show. Yeah, we should get back into it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Do you want to have? A, you want to watch that now? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be back, everyone, right after this. The entire series, <laughs> six seasons of Xena, then they back to the show. Three weeks of the podcast and just met and watched Xena, Warrior Princess. They just wanted to catch up on Xena, yeah, Warrior I mean, Princess. Obviously, who wouldn't? Uh, Casey, we're not here to talk about Xena. Ah. I know, I know. Everybody wishes. This is our. This is oh, our. We should have a Patreon episode where we discuss Xena. Yeah, uh, pay up, everyone. Somehow make it uh, <laughs> tree-related. Um, she oh, uses a wooden so shield. She does, because at the time, that was the best they had. Yeah. Some, some people use wicker shields. What's really? that stop? I guess, I guess maybe that's, that's one of those things that's like, we're stronger together. Like, lacing, oh, the lacing yeah. of the wicker might be, like, really strong. I suppose so, yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of things that go with, uh, with what you have, you know? Like, if, if you and I always, like, fight each other, uh-huh. I get really good at defending and fighting you. You get really good at defending and fighting me. Yeah. As soon as we fight someone else, we both get destroyed because totally. we don't have practice. Or, like, yeah. they have a sword made of, I don't know, iron or, or something. Like firearms. Yeah, exactly. So I think that maybe was it. Like w- between those uh, those warriors, yeah, Wicker works great. Better together. It's the strongest thing we got. Yeah, you have to look yeah, at the surrounding. What's going on around the yeah. the invention? Like got the Beatles. Longer. 
A hundred percent. Oh, man. I have a great story. I'm sorry to waste so much time in the, at the top of the show. It was great. I have a great story from college. Okay. Uh, I, had a, I had a history of some sort of history of music class. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was the professor on the first day played a short clip of a song. Oh, he was yeah. like, this is the, the number one hit from 19, mm. I don't know, 55 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like, sugar gum, my baby blue dream. Yeah. It's just like this super sweet, like a really uh, like, soft little pop yeah, song. Clean cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you've told this story. Oh, okay. Before. And then the next song, he's like, this is the, this is the number one hit from the year after. And it was, Shake it up, baby, now. And we were like, whoa. No wonder they thought they were the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you've said this exact story, because I love this story. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating the yeah. way that works. Beatles, wild. Because we listen to music. We listen to Giant transition. the Beatles or Elvis now, and we're yeah. like, this is pretty tame. Yeah, it's like, ooh. But at the time, it was like fucking outrageous. Like yeah. distortion. Holy oh shit. God, it's the devil. Yeah. There's a, uh, uh, I can bring this to plants if you want. Let's go for it. There's a book uh, that I just got done reading. It'll come up in some of our later episodes. It's called What Plants Know. Oh. And they uh, he discusses some experiments that were done, um, pseudoscience to say the least. Mm-hmm. And it was this woman who didn't like um, like rock music in the 60s. Okay. And she would play this music to the plants and she like would put a bunch of plants out and this was a big thing back then. Um, we talked one time about the secret life of plants. They did a similar kind of like uh, experiments oh, that yeah. kind of sidesteps science in a kind of the traditional way. Sure. People playing like classical music to their house plants yeah. to see if they grow differently or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And then she played like... Uh, I think it was the Rolling Stones or something, mm-hmm. and like the plants died. She was like, "See, this music will rot your brain." Oh like, my god! Yeah. And the reason people are like this doesn't seem very scientific <laughs> because the music that helped the plants she liked. The music that didn't help the plants apparently she was like, "This is bad music." Of course. So she proved her own theory. <laughs> Is brilliant. <laughs> so apparently, the Beatles, uh, according to some people, will kill your house plants. Mm. To other people, they will make them grow. I wonder. I wonder if if you play it for like British house plants. <laughs> I don't know better. what a British house plant is. Oh man, I don't either. But if you know, send us an email, uh, arbitrarypod at gmail dot com. Yeah, send us some seed packets. Yes, thank you. We'd appreciate that. Uh, they, they're they're you know packets of crisps. They call them packets of packet of crisps. Oh, not a, not a yeah. bag of chips, but uh, a pack yeah. of cri- seed packets. Give us a seed um, packet of seeds. seeds. Yeah, packet <laughs> of seeds. Pack of seeds, please. Casey, today we're here to talk about a tree, as we are every week, and oh, this week's yes. tree is something I had to look up several times because I couldn't understand what mm-hmm. we were talking about. This is the Cecropia. Yes. Also known as Yorumo. Also known as the trumpet tree. This yes. is a this is a, a tree of many names. It is, and specifically, we're going to be talking about the one that's called Cecropia obtusifolia. Oh my God! That is this species we're doing. The, I'm I'm out the gate going to give a Croson's home uh, Croson's stump of approval. Oh, to yeah? this this scientific name. Why? What is it? Cecropia. About it? What was it? Obtusifolia. Obtusifolia. Yeah, that's just so great. <laughs> Its flowers are obtuse. Yeah, it's the no, not the flowers. This is the folia, which the fo- is the foliage. Oh, oh, the oh. leaves are obtuse. Oh, flora. I was thinking of flora, like yes. grandiflora. Yeah, there you go. The leaves are obtuse. Yes. Well, fagoosh. Yes, thank That's you. That's a stump of approval. Uh, Casey, Alex, 
Let's imagine, as we do every week, okay. that you and I... Oh, boy. I don't even know where to start. You and I are Ooh. walking through a place that has these growing in them. <laughs> and we come across some. Wow. <laughs> there they are. Well, Alex, that place you'll be lovely, happy to know, is the gorgeous country of Costa Rica. Beautiful. They grow oh, in... Uh, oh, let's ID this tree. I forgot to say Oh, it. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go ID this tree in this place. Yeah. Um, so there's about 60 or so species in the genus Cecropia. Okay. And they are generally... Um, primary species and so what that means is that if there's a disturbance or someone comes and cuts down all these trees and turns it into a field the field turns back into a forest the first trees to come in and kind of climb over the shrubs and the vines are cecropia oh is that called like is it like first um first generation or something yeah might as well we use the term uh primary succession Oh, succession. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So okay. they are the first to succeed the non-forest. Oh, they're the first ones to grow. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Then, then you have succession happen after that. Some people say secondary. I don't know if there's ever a, tr- a primary in that sense, but there's like early succession and late succession are the big terms. So early would be these species. Speaking of good TV shows. Oh, yeah. Succession. Exactly. Now, I, I want to see late succession where everyone's big and old and slowly dies <laughs> while younger things come up in their shadows. Yeah. That's good television. Yeah, man. Uh, well, so this is uh, a Cropia obtusifolia. It is native mostly to the whole kind of uh, central and very northern South America. Okay. Central America, Northern South America. And there are plenty of other species that grow all through what the term is, is the neotropics, which is essentially the new tropics, which are the tropics of South America. Why is that called that? You know the term old world? Mm -hmm. Uh, That is in reference to Europe, Asia, Africa. Yeah. The new world, neo, is the Americas. Okay. So the neotropics are the new tropics, South America. The old tropics, which I don't know if there's a term for it, is the tropics of Southeast Asia and Africa. Okay. And kind of, you know, southern uh, India, kind of that whole area. In any place that's tropical, connected to essentially what's between and south of China and anywhere in Central Africa. So is neotropics, that's like a, that's a, that's, that's a term framed in like colonialism? Well, or? it's more just a term framed with the, the center of the world in the sort of European, Central African, oh. uh, Mediterranean kind of region. Okay. You know, if you look at a map of the world, if you put your finger in the middle, it's yeah. essentially like Northern Africa. Yeah. That is saying that here is the old world, uh, the, everything that existed, and then we found this new world, which is uh, the Americas, you know, Australia, things like that. Okay. So when you say neotropics, that would be uh, the South American tropics, okay. the new world tropics. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it but is. They were they were growing at the same time as old world tropics. Oh yeah, and there's been people there for you know thousands of years yeah and the plants have been there growing for however long i don't know why i'm bumping up against that so hard but it doesn't make yeah. sense to me yeah it's a it's it is it's it's somewhat colonial i think it has a base certainly in colonialism yeah but morally more it's a, a center of focus on a certain part of the world okay and then if you're going to 
give labels to things because if you just say the tropics, that's the entire band of the world right. in this, you know, between the, the, the tropics of Cancer and the tropic of Capricorn. So it's a mostly harmless way of differentiating tropics of the tropics of Africa and Southeast Asia. Yeah to the tropics of South America. I think that's reasonable, but yeah, it does have these connotations. Yeah. You're exactly right. Okay. So I think it's fair to bump up against it. Um, but bump, essentially, bump. we'll just say it's the tropics of Central and South America. Got it. That's where these trees grow. And they grow in um, their evergreen, of course, as most tropical plants are, because there's no reason um, for them to uh, drop their leaves. They grow in disturbed areas, so you can find a lot of cool pictures of them. Um, if you just look up Cercropia, they're very, very common, and they'll pop up and be this one long, big stem hmm. coming out from an otherwise like very disturbed area. So they're very common to see. If you see anything in an urban area, a lot of times they would be this tree because they can just grow in and kind of take over in a spot that otherwise other other plants aren't really happy with. Are they are they considered to be invasive? Yeah, they are invasive in some okay. places, yeah. So they're only invasive wherever they're outside their normal habitat. So for instance, they're an introduced species into Hawaii and some other places in uh Africa and other tropical places. Okay. So I don't know if they are really super invasive, but I think probably because um, they're known to be this pioneer species. So they invade these areas that otherwise are not forest. Whether they used to be, whether they never were, this tree is specialized in taking and growing in those places. So it leads me to believe they, I bet you they are invasive. You know, you know what that, I always have this image when I think of invasive, especially these these uh primary successional mm -hmm. f invasive species yeah. i think of the uh sardines in spongebob okay do you remember this episode no i never watched spongebob um there's Sorry. like they a sar sardines come to the crusty crab okay and they're just like they make little i think they make a little meat 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 noise <laughs> yeah and they just like f they're just like these kind of drone drone like Oh, things they just yeah. fill up the entire place and i was like oh god yeah uh yeah this i think it might be kind of like that yeah that'll, that'll make a few people happy that yeah, i made that reference some people be like i get it i understand <laughs> it now this is this is why you play a very important role when, oh yeah when everyone else is like what exactly is casey talking about and it, you're like it's like spongebob and i was like oh yeah okay perfect i get it now. i, I get helped it. four people understand for more people than me, okay? Oh, please. Yeah, no, we're putting that together. That adds up. All right. So as it happens, uh, I noted you can tell this tree because it has this big, long stem, right? Yeah. That big, long stem, it's always topped by what everyone calls a candelabra crown. Oh, cool. Where, and there's a, there's a great photo, and I'll, I'll show you right here. It's in our, it's in our, our, uh, our bit, but um, we'll have a link to this photo. But essentially, there's this big, tall stem. It almost looks like a palm, but it is a, a, a tree that has secondary growth. Yeah. But it has this big, open canopy that just kind of goes, whoop, and pops out. But it yeah. doesn't get big and capacious like you'd expect, like an oak tree or a jacaranda or something like that. Yeah. It stays way smaller, and it keeps its uh, its crown kind of on that main stem. Every now and then, they'll put out you know side branches that come out, but it's usually kind of this... this this 
pop top on top of this long stem. Interesting. Is that a, that's a that's a uh, that's a survival mechanism? Well, yeah. It's it's uh, they put all their effort into growing straight up really fast. Yeah. And then trying to put their their branches up once they get up there. Yeah. They don't uh, they don't send a bunch of things out low down, so they can kind of pop up over the tops of these shrubs and things pretty quickly, right. and then create their canopy. Okay. Once they're up there, then they can just kind of keep growing. Interesting. And they don't get super tall. Uh, I think up to 40, 40 feet, 30 feet, somewhere in there. Oh, that's extremely so. short. Yeah, it's not too big. And funny enough, a lot of the trees in the tropics don't really get too tall. They just kind of go up, take over this big canopy. And there's some that will be this emergent tree in the old, old forest. It could yeah. be up to 150 feet tall. But for the most part, a lot of tropical trees are just good being kind of middle of the road height. They okay. really don't go too crazy. Hmm. Now, these leaves, you noted you liked them because they were called obtusifolia. Yeah. You know, Casey, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about a different tree. Uh-huh. We were talking about the umbrella pine. Yeah. And I said, they kind of look like marijuana leaves. Uh, and you said, yeah. what? And I said, yeah. And I looked up the right, the f- correct photo. I was, I had jumped the gun a little bit. Uh-huh. And I had looked at our notes and I was looking at this tree you were this so this no is the way. tree that i thought these obtuse folias <laughs> were what i thought looked like uh marijuana leaves okay that actually makes a lot of sense they they really do i think the big difference being that they are uh they don't have like a bottom where a maple leaf a marijuana leaf has like a bottom with really small lobes and a stem that comes down. Yeah. Then everything comes out over the top of it. Like if you're looking at it, you know, kind of upright. Yeah. This, the stem comes up from the bottom, the petiole of the leaf comes up from the bottom and then has a palmately lobed uh, leaf that comes out that looks like exactly like an umbrella. It is so, quite like a, 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 a server holding a plate. Yes, exactly. So imagine if the marijuana leaf went all the way around. Yeah. You know, every single lobe is the same length. The petiole is just on the bottom of the leaf yeah, instead exactly. of the end of it. Yeah. So this really does. I can, I'm not, I'm completely, it makes sense why you would click on this and be like, oh, yeah, totally, umbrella pine. I don't yeah. know why they're calling it a pine, but whatever. Makes, makes total sense, yeah, yeah. and and but those leaves also they're they're really like frilly on the side. Each leaflet rather oh. comes out, and they kind of have this waviness to them. Underneath, mm. it's a really like like mint light green, Ooh, yeah. and on the top is like this kind of dark limeish green. Oh yeah, now we're talking. Oh man, it looks so good. Like when you look at the leaves, they kind of curl up. They're crinkly on the sides, and they have this intense kind of contrast between these colors. Especially like seeing the light come through it, it's sort yeah. of iridescent and and uh, glowy. That's what I, you're exactly right. It's extremely it, beautiful. It looks really nice, and they have these big long petioles, and they grow um, from these these shoots that come out, and they grow slowly, but you know quickly in terms of like uh they get started quickly Mm -hmm. and then they kind of slow down when they get old and then they just kind of keel over and die Hmm. they don't they don't last for a whole long they kind of reproduce quickly though there are 60 some species and they will grow and get some will grow really fast some will grow really slow some will grow at a drier area some will grow in a wetter area some grow in very specific locations and that changes Per exactly where they're where they're at. Um, uh, you know what I'm curious about, Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm and any any of our South American or Central American listeners. Yeah. I know we have a few. Um, I'm wondering if in like this, you know, in the streets of a city in Costa Rica, yeah, uh, 
these grow in the same way that like trees of heaven grow here. Oh, just like yeah. a little sprout of a tree of heaven, you know, like yeah. in the crack somewhere. Honestly, that's a good question. I would love to. I would love to hear that from somebody. Yeah. Well, the next time we're down there, we need to take a look and and see if we can identify them because apparently they're easily easily identifiable. There, yeah. There's not a whole lot of trees that look just like it. Man, I would love to go to Costa Rica. Hey, let's go get it done. All right, everyone. We'll be right back with more completely arbitrary. <laughs> First, we stopped to watch Xena. <laughs> now we're stopping to go to Costa Rica to find this tree. These guys need a break. One of these days, we're going to do that, Alex. We're going to say, well, let's go. And then we're going to have a little fluttery, like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And like a... Yeah, exactly. And then we're going to open back up again. You're going to hear, you know, the bugs and the things and yeah. the humidity. I think it's going to be fun. That'd be great. Hey, join the Patreon and make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. We'll tell you all about it. Um, but... Alex, this is a tree that has a way more interesting anatomy and morphology specific to its shoots. Okay. And those shoots have um, what is called a, a prostoma. Prostoma. Yeah, are you familiar with stoma or stomata? Well, I know leaves? about stomata. Yeah. Stomata are the sort of, uh, we call them stomatal lines yeah. or stomatal blooms. Exactly. Yeah. Little white uh, crusties on the bottom of some yeah. needles. Um, so, yeah, and the, the stomata are these little holes in that kind of zone. Okay. So, a pro- oh, wait. Is that, is that related etymologically to stigmata at all? Mm, I'm not sure. Potentially. Yeah. It's anyway. Good, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. You have holes, little I'll holes. Look it up. It's exactly know, what it is. Yeah. Holes in the palms of Jesus' hands. Oh, is that called stigmata? I, I believe so. Yeah. Ooh, it might be because stoma is a hole. And a prostoma, in this case, is basically a pre-hole. It's a hole that <laughs> is is there to be dug. That's so funny. Yeah. A pre-hole. Yeah, it's a pre-hole, mm. which is just, you know, not a hole. Yeah. But here's what's here's But it will be. It will be. Something will make this into a hole. <laughs> and that is, in fact, Alex, the best way to kind of introduce how, how uh, what, are, what are we going to be talking about today. Okay. Now, you're familiar with the pith of a, of a shoot, right? Uh, yeah, I know a pith in terms of orange. Ah, okay. What, what is it? Well, it's just this fibrous sort of uh, white fiber separating the segments of an yes. orange. And where is it located in, in that orange? It's, it's like the cambium. It's in between the skin and the, the fruit. Ah, okay. All and right. down the center of I it. I was saying, okay, down the center There's is a the really stalk. important thing. Yeah. yeah. So in a in any plant, uh, mostly woody woody plants, mm-hmm. there is what's called a pith, and it is the very central portion of the twig. Oh. The new shoot that's coming up. So if you ever cut a uh, you cut a log or cut a branch, or cut anything, and you can like find that very central point. Yeah. That is the pith of that branch. Okay. It is that very central, the very first growth. So when a tree is putting up its shoot and it's growing up, it's essentially the first ring. Oh, okay. But the ring has this central section that is that is kind of nothing. There is sometimes a a hollow pith where there's just nothing in it. Huh. There's sometimes little chambers in that pith that's kind of blocked up. Bop, 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 bop. And that's only on secondary growth? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Other plants would just be kind of, they could be hollow, they could be full, but they don't, it's not really technically a pith because the pith is the center of that secondary growth. Okay. So correct. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So the heartwood is, is old pith? Um, no, 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 no. The pith remains that very center point. Okay. Every single time. 
So if you are, uh, the, the new growth is always outside of that. Mm-hmm. So if you put your finger up and then you put your hand around it, yeah. the finger is the pith. Your hand is the first ring. Yeah, I got that. I guess okay. I'm, I'm talking about like, is this only on branches or is this in the mm-hmm. trunk? It's in the trunk. It's that very, every shoot oh, wow. is the beginning of a new pith. Okay. So every branch has a pith. And put that on a pillow. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just let it down. We need like a TJ Maxx <laughs> sign that says every shoot is the beginning of a new pith what did you say every pith is the beginning of a new shoot yeah yeah now that is that's gonna sell at what anthropology and uh, bed bath and beyond everyone's gonna love that, that shit. candle section of fred meyer oh <laughs> uh, with like the really like like flashy writing and yeah. then like normal typewriter writing yes. so you can get it like every pith next to god bless this mess yeah exactly ah i love it we gotta sell those uh like uh like those little pieces of wood with people writing on it like that with like yeah. the funny little sayings i uh, i'm a i'm a big fan ironically a big fan of oh, those yeah. my mom has one has had for years that says my house was clean last week sorry you missed it <laughs> oh that's so good yeah, it's great I that's really it. elevated that's yeah. better than just the word home on the wall oh totally yeah it's way better <laughs> oh my god well um once we make all of our millions from that yeah we're gonna go down and we're gonna look closely at these pits and we're gonna go to central america to do it okay and you're gonna find something unique about these trees and their pits hmm as the tree grows, as that shoot elongates, yeah. it creates what's called an internode. The internode, okay. I think, have we talked about this before? Is this anything like the internet, Casey? It is nothing like <laughs> it. That one I can totally say is not. This is the in-between node. So internode okay. is the thing in between two nodes. Okay. The nodes are where a branch or rather a leaf and a bud come out. Yes. So you have uh, you have one down here, and then the space, let's say six or five inches between the, the next node node yeah that space is called the inner node okay so that is where the cells and the whole shoot elongates puts on another bud pops out a new leaf okay now e- each one of those there is this layer called the sclerenchyma wow i love that boy today's just full of new words oh my god it absolutely is we haven't even touched on it dude <laughs> oh my god so the sclerenchyma is uh, essentially this like really hard hard layer of cells yes. that you can't get through they're, they're really tough okay and they usually go on the outside of the pith as well okay. so you have this outside and this top and then one section of it is really really thin and that is the prostoma and the prostoma will be this little indented section that's not thick and as that pith elongates and dries out it'll actually split inside and create like this kind of puffy wall layering you know like you know like you dig into something that's like this weird foam that you can just like dig your fingers into yeah. it's really easy it's kind of like that huh and that's the pith that that is inside and there is a species of ant in fact there's a whole genus wow of ant that is specifically trained like trained by evolution to find this prostoma turn it into a stoma i don't think that's the technical term but essentially they find the pre-hole and they dig the hole they burrow into this pithy chamber uh-huh. and then the uh this is a founding queen and this is in a genus of ants called azteca wow. the azteca ant will go into this area dig this little hole go into the the pith take some of those uh, that foamy inside stuff block up the hole and then chill there 
that is a founded colony of the ant Azteca, of an Azteca ant. There are several different species, uh-huh. almost even one species per tree, because Whoa. they've developed together. And that ant will live in that pith and start its first brood of new worker ants. That ant will live in there. If everything goes successfully, it will dig its way back out, or a worker will dig its way back out of that hole Uh and then go up to where these leaves are at the nodes. Once it gets to the node, it finds its way to these little things called malarian bodies, like Mueller, I-A-N, Mullerian bodies. What the hell? This is something we'll also post to, and you can look up. uh, It is these little tiny patches right at the base of the leaf stalk and they put out these little tiny things called trichomes this whole plate is called the trichelium because that's where the trichomes come out a trichome is essentially a tiny hair-like growth but this tiny hair-like growth has a little bit of like carbohydrate protein filled chambers in it and it's essentially taking what is a chloroplast but instead of having the chloroplast make um like have chlorophyll in it and mm-hmm. make photosynthesis. They take that same thing and they just fill it up with a bunch of that same kind of structure. They fill it up with a bunch of uh, a bunch of carbohydrates and things, okay. and they push it out into this little growth hair, this little trichome, and then the ants go and eat those little things, and they're what called the? Mullerian bodies. That's so fucking weird, isn't that? A wild thing. It sounds like some like Scientology lore that you've made up. Oh my God, Alex, it gets so much crazier. <laughs> but we can only get so crazy in the first half of the showcase. We must take a break. Everyone buckle up. <laughs> we will be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Cecropia. That's right. Obtusifolia. A.K.A. the trumpet tree. A.K.A. the obtuse tree. Casey, before the break. Yes. You set up a very intense line of new terms. Slot. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to jump back in, but I think we should. Yep, I think, I think we should. Okay. Uh, this is going to be an interesting topic, and the reason why I think we should. 
Last week, I think you said this was going to be our ultimate episode of Symbiosis. That's right. This is our f- grand finale. This is our penultimate episode, Alex. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. This I... is, isn't this our fourth? No, this is our third. Oh, okay, you this did. You did third. say there were there yes. were four. So this is this is uh, this is this is Act Three of a four act play. Yes, exactly. Okay. And if we want to round it off to a square five, we can do that. But I'll I'll spare. You. Oh my god. <laughs> So, this week, uh, in, in last week, we talked about symbiosis in a way that is um, extremely mutualistic. Yeah. Where what we, did we had, talk about? Um, there was the Andean Alder we did um, the first time. The second week was the Umbrella Pine. Uh-huh. And the Umbrella Pine, that was a endosymbiosis where we discussed the idea that chlorophyll... And rather, I'm sorry, chloroplasts right. were a different organism that created such a close-knit symbiosis with early cells that they became literally the same thing. Yeah. Um, with the Andean alder, we talked about the the kind of symbiosis that is completely mutually beneficial for either one, mm-hmm. the, the plant and the bacteria, in that case, Frankia and the alder. Right. But... Um, they didn't go quite that last step to become the same thing. They were inside of one another, but they were still separate. Mm. We've talked way before about the idea of mycorrhizal fungi relationships, where you they're they're completely separate bodies entirely. They only interact where the the leaf. I'm sorry, where the root and the uh, the fungal mycelial network connects. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they're two separate bodies entirely. They are, in the ground, they are fungus and tree, or bacteria and tree. Yeah. Uh, This time, this is a tree and a completely different organism that is actually in the animal uh, kingdom, which are ants. Right. And ants are known to be these incredible... This incredible, incredible group of insects that do almost everything. Mm. They've they've just absolutely uh, blown me away with some of the facts that I've learned about them over Mm. the years. And this is probably one of the most uh, incredible feats of symbiosis that I've come across. Is this a, is this, would you say this is a a parasitic relationship? Ah, what a good question, Alex. Mm. Not parasitic, Mm -hmm. but let me explain how this relationship works. And then I want to know if you think it is a symbiosis that is mutual Uh for both parties, or if it is just a, a one lopsided uh, symbiosis. Let's get into it. Where only the ants may be actually benefiting. Okay. So the uh, there's a big debate about this, where is it mutualism or is it just one taking advantage of something the other offers? So the ants themselves grow, and like we talked about at the beginning, they are obligates of these tree species. Obligates? So, yes, they cannot survive oh. without this tree. Okay. Not any tree, this genus of trees. Right. There are many different ants. Some are only able to meet up with certain trees. 
Sometimes that's because ant A happens to live where tree A grows, and they don't live down where tree B grows because mm-hmm. maybe it's too dry, it's too wet, the tree grows too fast, something like that. The relationship out of convenience. Yeah, exactly. But it's also more of a relationship uh, on an evolutionary scale where maybe there was one tree that started to create these these uh, um, these certain chambered things where the ants found this opportunity and mm-hmm. took advantage of it. And then as the tree evolved and started to grow and say, oh, well, this is now a new species that grows over here. And that one has these traits. The ants kind of develop traits along with it where the ants were like, well, we actually, we live a little bit longer before we reproduce and make our, make our next generation. Um, and then that longer term means that they have to stay with a tree that stays alive for a longer period of time. So maybe it's not a tree that grows and dies very quickly. It's a longer-lived tree. I see. And then you have ants that will brood very quickly and then have more competition where there are more trees around because they'll put out more new queens to go found new new trees, mm. essentially. And almost every tree will have its own colony of ants. Okay. In fact, Alex, some trees will have not only one, not two, but maybe up to 20 individual colonies on its on its different branches all of the same species of ants potentially but also could be multiple species okay. of the azteca or it could be other species of ants and let me uh, let me just read off some of these uh these other uh um large genre of um arboreal ant species okay this is a who's who of um intense names for the next sci-fi thriller <laughs> namtogenes Heteropnera, Pachycondyla, Pseudomyrmex, Crematogaster, Crematogaster. That I think is my favorite. Crematogaster is yeah. definitely a space baron. Yes. See, I think it sounds to me like a space gun. I'm like, Alex, hand me the Crematogaster. <laughs> and you toss it over. No, and Casey, it's too powerful. <laughs> we can't do it in here. The airlock. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think you're right. That's why I love these so much. Wow. Uh, Solenopsis. Um, fetal. I, th- fe- I think it's fetal. P-H-E-I-D-O-L-E. Wow. Fetal. Uh, Wasmania. Zepcryptoneris, Zep, Z- Zecryptoceras. <laughs> oh boy. Procryptoceras. Okay, my brain's officially melted. Isn't it great? There's, there's like, that, there's, there's more. That's there's a lot of fun. These are the genre of ants that could be in these trees. Okay, the they're, genre. Yes, uh, they're more than. Yeah, these are all genus. Each one of these. Oh, Azteca yeah. is one of those genres. Precisely. Okay. So um, you have all these different ants that live. Some, uh, rather the Azteca, are obligates to these trees. They have to live in these trees. Their diet consists almost solely of the mullerian bodies. Okay. So those little bits that come out from the, the base of the petioles. And I should note that these are the base of only the topmost petioles. As soon as there's lower down branches, mm-hmm. they stop producing these bodies. Okay, why? I don't know. It, it's a good question. Um, I haven't found anything that explains why they would do that. It might be that the tree just kind of puts it out on the younger topmost thing, uh-huh. and then they just want things to be, maybe the ants, they're like, we don't want you to go down below. We want you to be at the top of the leaves where we have the most of our, our resources piled. So you guys stay up there. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That's complete conjecture. I have no clue. Okay. Um, however, uh, you tend to find um, sometimes there are many different genres. Sometimes one Aztec 
uh, queen and colony will take over an entire tree. Mm. One tree, one colony, one species. Other times... That's a... That's <laughs> what? I mean, that just sounded like a tagline for the, the, the science fiction movie. Oh, yeah. One tree, one colony, one species. Chromatogaster. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Hell yeah. We need, we need to hire a fan fiction writer <sighs> to like write these things like up and make them into actual you know films. Just add that to my, to my workload. I yes. would love to. <laughs> Sounds good. Get typing. Crypt, cryptomatogaster. What is it? Crypto. Honestly, just use that. Cr- chromatogaster. Chromatogaster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah. Scary. One species. One tree. One colony. <laughs> Coming out fall twenty twenty five. So bringing this back to the idea of uh, of a symbiosis. This 100% is a symbiotic relationship. Clearly. The ants live inside these little pith chambers of the tree. Yeah. Uh, They eat exclusively these little glycogen-filled cells and, like, little treats that the tree provides. Right. Called the mullerian bodies. They eat that, and that is all they do. Here's the next big question. What is the tree getting out of this? What does the tree get out of this, Alex? That's a great question. So some people uh, will say, well, we've we've seen these ants actively cutting vines off of the trees. So if there's a vine that kind of gets up there, the the ants will chew through the tips of the vines and and pull them off, like actually just kill, kill the vine. Wow. The vine is probably way tougher and might continue to grow, but they set it back pretty yeah. intensely. Okay. And people have also observed that they reduce the likelihood of leafcutter ants in the genus Atta, A-T-T-A. Mm-hmm. Those ants are the, the classic leafcutters that you see walking in a line, holding that piece of leaf up. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's a very classic kind of, you see ants in a line. Yeah. With, with those things. Those are leafcutter ants. Okay. Bugs they, life ants. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, no, I think, isn't a bug's life, aren't those more like uh, worker ants? They're collecting grass seed. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. They always had that big, like, montage. Yeah, the big pile of yeah. seeds. Yeah, exactly. Um, regardless, these ones, uh, they certainly would do that. So the leafcutter ants in the genus Atta um, are less likely to uh, be herbivorous and cut their leaves and eat them from this species of tree oh. because it is it has this resident population of ants that will basically fight them. The Aztecs will go to war. Exactly, with the Attas. Wow. That's exactly right. But it's not all the time. It's just kind of uh, we see a reduced uh, orbi- herbivory. It's not something that they really go crazy for. The ants will, if they see you, they'll be like, hey, get, get out of here, and they'll have a fight. But they haven't noticed that it's like an intense kind of thing okay um because of that intensity isn't there they're like well what really is the tree gaining from this yeah if it's already growing so fast and is so good at what it does where it can get up above those vines and grow perfectly well it doesn't live for very long already so maybe the tree is just kind of like i just don't really care about this sure but at the same time, the tree still produces these mullerian bodies, and they still have developed over time this chamber, which has been a, a symbiotic relationship that the ants have developed for 
thousands, probably millions of years. Mm. So you're like, well, why? What what exactly is the tree getting? It's very clear the ants are are you know getting something really good. So that brings the question down to: Is this a mutual symbiosis, or is this a a one sided symbiosis that only is uh, benefiting the ants, one party and not the other? Mm-hmm. It's up for questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Do we the, have all the information, all the evidence is on the table? All the evidence, as far as I can tell, is on the table. All right. And we know that there are also species of this tree that grow out on, like, islands that uh, don't have ant species do perfectly well. Okay. Because at the island, there's no, uh, there's no ants. This seems like a... This seems like an, a, one of those relationships where, like, one partner goes out of their way to, like, to really give to the other partner. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. once every three months, the other partner does the dishes. Oh. And the first partner's like, oh, thank you so much. You're awesome. This is the best. Yeah, but like, you know, they should be doing the dishes every day. Yeah, it's like you're not really, you're not really doing. You're, you're you not know, a hero a for doing the dishes. Yeah. But this partner's so deprived of, of something in return that doing the dishes feels like a big deal to them. Yes, exactly. So it's almost like they're conditioned to think like that is what's good. Yeah. So are you trying to say that maybe the Cecropia tree, the trumpet tree, yeah. is um, essentially a conditioned uh, partner in this relationship? I think so. I think the ant is getting a lot more out of it. I mean, it's yeah. surviving off this tree. Surviving 100%. Yeah. I've and, been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance, Casey. Uh-huh, okay. And there are some like, there are some like, Ukrainian scammers that are like they'll, they'll, the American men will send them like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars over what? over years, and they maybe once in a while get like a picture where they're smiling and they're like, "Yeah, that's great," you know, like man, I gotta get in on that <laughs> on the scam. Yeah, well, well, no, I want someone to send me a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'll send them a picture of me smiling. Just pretend to be like a beautiful Ukrainian woman. Well, Alex, every day of my life. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing out here? <laughs> what are you doing? What is this all been about? <laughs> um, yeah, this this seems this seems pretty damn one sided, Casey. It really does, and it, it causes this thing. Um, whenever I think about uh, symbiosis, um, I think at the very beginning we talked about the idea um, that a friend brought up of isn't symbiosis like isn't the the relationship between the fungus and the tree? Uh, uh, what what do they call it? Um, mutual parasitism parasitism oh right where you're seeing this symbiotic relationship where the the tree is not just a passive like hanger out Uh the tree is actively producing these unique things that the ant eats they actively are have developed over time this unique space for the ants to live not every tree does this right and that prosoma is a very specific thing that the ants always know to find that's developed in this tree it's a indented it's a space that is not near as thick it doesn't have as much um uh like uh, sap in it so the the ant it's like a predisposed specific spot right so you got to think that this tree is getting something, or else why would it have evolved to have those things with the ant? We can we can give it to the ant, but there's just a preponderance of evidence 
that tells me that like you can't just say it's it's a hundred percent not one or one way or the other. Mm, why know? is why is she with him? Yes. What is she getting out of this? I here's Shake what I, your TV screen. <laughs> I think I think I have a, a theory, Casey. Okay, throw it out here. And this is so pointless. This is this is a theory with almost no knowledge behind it. Okay. But I feel like maybe you know there's like. There's always these enzymes in animal saliva. I feel like I hear about uh-huh. enzymes in animal saliva constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe there's an enzyme in the ant saliva, uh, right? And yeah. When it eats the thing, the tree soaks in the enzyme from the saliva, and oh. that helps the tree in some. Maybe it's some microscopic thing that we don't see. Yeah, that very well could be the case. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm, there are studies and people out there looking into this. Yeah. Because there are people who are way into ants. There are people who are way into trees. Oh, yeah. You put those people together, and <laughs> all of a sudden, you are a mermecophile. <laughs> mermecophile? Yeah, what do you think of that? That's some, a, it's a term I didn't uh, bring up. Someone who loves mermaids? Yeah, I believe it, uh, it literally means uh, the love of ants. Oh yeah, you know, like uh, um, if you're a uh, an Anglophile, you uh-huh. love English things. Like it's kind of a thing you're interested in. Yes. So mermecophily is the same thing, where it essentially brings up uh, or is describing a relationship between um, ants and something else. Mm-hmm. In this case, our tree is a mermecophyte, where it is a <sighs> ant tree. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what that means. Cool. Sorry, last term I won't bring it up. I won't Woo! bring it up anymore. We better we better write down these terms and definitions on our website. Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely do that. Okay, we'll so if you want to know what the fuck any of this shit means, go to our <laughs> website arbitrarypod.com, look for this episode and we'll have them listed there. You yeah. And then uh it, it'll be like a one of those like read along things. Yeah, like, perfect. Yeah. yeah. That that'll be excellent. Yeah. So that's a, that's kind of the real thing and um one of our um uh our resources, probably one of our biggest best resources for mm-hmm. this talk is from ants.biology.utah.edu. <laughs> ant plant cercropia cercropia.edu. That's the only HTML. place I go for ant knowledge. It's the only place I ever go. The University of Utah's got it all. Yeah. Um, well, it's a really, really good uh, resource, and it is just just like full of these really interesting like facts and tidbits in like the scientific way. Mm. And they argue maybe the question of mutualism isn't so much uh, is it or isn't it, but when and where is it and isn't it? Sure. So we noted that there's, well, they note in here there's a hundred different species. Wikipedia says there is 60 some species. And so I bet you it's probably somewhere in between, but I think they've been moving around a lot in terms of uh, species of Cecropia because they're also like in three different families potentially. So, Mm. We're just going to stick with more than 60 probably. Um, And there's also all these species of ants, and they're growing in these very specific different areas. And they go into this really deep kind of dive about... Well, is there is the habitat affecting affecting the Aztec ants? Are the ants affecting the Cecropia? Mm. Are the Cecropia affecting the ants? Are the ants and Cecropia affecting the habitat? Like, <laughs> how are these things all combining? And it's kind of like if you if you have like um, a a big uh, it was scale, mm-hmm. and the scale is holding a bunch of ants and a bunch of trees and a bunch of habitat kind of uh, characteristics that as those like shift and move over, you get more of a mutualistic relationship and more of a succubus relationship. Right. 
And I think it depends on on like how hard things are for any one of those things in any given situation. Where if the ants can't live without the tree, they really need to make sure that tree survives. That is the tree winning. And those ants might be more vicious to more other things because uh, if that tree dies, they die. Um, it could be that if it is a really cush environment, the ants are like, hey, thanks, we don't really care, we're just going to go make broods and broods and broods and we're going to send them out there and we're going to have a really good time. It's going to be a huge orgy in every one of these nodes. <laughs> So it could be that there's these like you know such complex factors coming into it, yeah, that we don't really know, yeah, and we can't really put our finger on it at any one point in time. It's like you have to open it up and look at it right there, and and all of a sudden you know it's the uh, the Schrodinger's tree of uh, of questions. Interesting, yeah. Where once you look at it, you can say, okay, this tree, this species, this colony. More mutualistic than not, but this one over here right now in this situation mm-hmm. with these lights and you know this water and this uh, regime, uh, more of a succubus. So it's t- basically too complicated to boil down to yeah. a simple answer. I I think that's probably yeah. where the answer truly lies. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we tried our best. We did our Sorry, best. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I think this is a great time for our review of the Cecropia. Uh, here's how it works. We give some final thoughts mm-hmm. on the tree. Give it a rating zero to ten. Golden cones of sweet, sweet honor. Casey, as our resident necrophyte. Thank you. We'll begin with you. I love ants. I think they're the coolest. I, Alex, think that this tree mm. um deserves deserves a good score. Oh. I also think it deserves a bad score. Wow. I think it doesn't deserve a a great score because uh it's kind of a sellout. It's kind of like like you were saying earlier, where like they just wants to do it. You kind of want to be like, you know what, trees, stand up for yourself. Yeah. You don't need those ants. Right. Those ants are not your friends. Yeah. They are taking advantage of you. You can do this. You bent over backward for millions of yeah. years to please this ant. Get out ant. of here. Yeah. Go join your homies out on the island yeah. and just just be. Just Oof. just be, you know? Like you and McGregor's the island. Exactly. I was also I was thinking more like um uh Luke Skywalker on that planet. Sure. He just leaves entirely. He's yeah. just like I'm out. The Irish island. Yeah, exactly. It was really beautiful. Those little yeah. green little bird things. What green? were those called? No, they were remember. brown. They were called a uh, little penguin. Yeah, little penguin people. birds. Yeah, <laughs> penguin people birds. <laughs> PPBs. Yeah. So I think I think yeah I think you know we got to take it down a notch uh, for that. Like it's a tree that is um, if it is a mutualistic relationship, a hundred percent where everyone's winning. Yeah. Then I feel like that tree has signed a deal with the right devil, and it is working. Wow. I feel like this tree might have signed a deal with the devil who's a little bit more devilish than uh, the tree signed up for. Interesting. Although I love the ants, if we were doing an ant rating, I'd be like, "Hell yeah!" Like you got the great end of that stick. Yeah, literally speaking. Unfortunately, that's not allowed, and we I have to disqualify any ant ratings. <laughs> any ant ratings are thrown out. Yeah. Um, but also this tree slightly invasive. It does all these cool things. The flowers, we never even talked about the flowers. They look like little fingers coming out. Like, hmm. like take a, take a banana, make it really small and warty looking, okay. and then like turn, like, like make it go. 
and kind of dry up a little yeah. bit. No, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of what it looks like. I think they're great. I okay. Think that's, I think it's fun. <laughs> I, think they're, I think they're fun. They're fun little flowers. So honestly, <laughs> that we, description was so <laughs> visceral. Wow. Good. Here, I'm going to show you a picture now, so you get a little bit. Oh of a yeah, idea. sure. Yeah, they look just like tiny little things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, little shriveled bananas. Little shriveled bananas. So I think the tree is cool. I I like a tree that has a little bit more of like like uh, you know status in and of itself sure so i know you can see it all the time i know it you don't even need to plant it i think bigger trees doing cooler stuff that have ants on there and there are other things that we'll talk about some other time other ant relationships that i think are way cooler this one seems a little bit one-sided i feel bad for the tree so i think i'm gonna give it like a 6.3 okay just a 6.3 sure yeah i think i think it could earn its way up but i think uh yeah sometimes i just look at them like what are you doing with your life it needs to break up with the ants it needs to break up with the ants yeah. but you know if the ants are so domineering what are you gonna do there you go 6.3 golden cones of honor for the Cecropia from Renowned dendrologist, Casey Clapp. Mermacologist. <laughs> Mermaid expert, Casey Clapp. Mermaid expert, Casey Clapp. Hmm. <laughs> their scales. Let me tell you about their scales. Is this, is this Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is my, uh, that's, that's my alter ego, my mermaid, <laughs> mermatologist. <laughs> Mermaids are sort of like the centaurs of the sea. Yeah, I think that's an easy way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> Yeah, that's a nice, easy way to put it. Um, all right, Cecropia. I don't love this. I don't love this relationship. Cecropia mm. is the friend. Ah, uh, yeah. Who's dating somebody you can't stand? Oh, yes. But and and I don't, I'm not saying this for any reason, Casey. I I have maybe have dated somebody who my friends didn't like. <laughs> Not currently. Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's like it's like that friend who's dating somebody you can't stand. Yeah, and uh, and you're and you want to you want to uh, they don't treat them that good, and you want to try to convince them to leave them, uh-huh. but they mm-hmm. just don't, and they know they should, but they don't, and they know they should, but they don't. This goes on for years, mm-hmm. and you finally say, "I can't even hang out with you anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, I get ants all over me. <laughs> yeah, I'm itchy all the time, <laughs> and uh, I don't know." Uh, the tree is just doing its best. It's a little codependent. That's, it's a little codependent. Yeah, yeah, it's doing the best it can with the tools it has, Casey. Yeah. It's giving a little too much, Not maybe not receiving so much back. It's a cool-looking tree. I don't know if it's beautiful to me. Mm. Like it, I think when I the moment I compared it to a tree of heaven, mm. I started to kind of not... I looked Ooh. at it, and I was like, oh. Now I see you differently. Yeah. Wow. Those big, those big, uh, those big compound leaves. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I get it. Because the tree of heaven has very, you know, if you take away its connotations, it has very beautiful leaves. It does. In fact, there's a couple trees that I would look at and be like, God, that's a beautiful tree. Yeah, those pinately compound. Mm, They're not bipinately compound. No, just pinately. Just pinately. Funny enough, these ones of our uh, Cecropia tree are uh, palmately compound. That's right. Yeah, correct. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'm in. The, I'm in the six range too. I'll give it like a six one. Okay. Now, while you're giving this, I'm going to show you a picture of the uh, the. Mullerian bodies in, oh, in yeah. the ants, and I want to see if this uh, helps or hurts. Is this not safe for work? It, no, it totally is, and you can click on it if you want to look at it in wow. high resolution. So there's the Mullerian body, yep. and it has labeled ant entrance. Yep, see that little tiny uh, soma now? Yeah, the ant goes in through a little hole, uh-huh. yeah. and it eats out of the Mullerian bodies, yeah. and the trichillium. Back in its hole, and it hangs out with its brood mama. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, that's really that that makes my skin a little itchy to look at. I know. Honestly. Once your eyes like adjust and you see all the ants everywhere, you're like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Yikes. Does that raise or lower your 6.1 or keep it the same? It keeps it the same. Okay, nice. You're solid. I'm see, undeterred. He, you, nothing can change <laughs> where you're at. I'm there's no steady. amount of yeah, yeah. There's no amount of faltering. No, no. 6.1 feels good to me. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, boy. Uh, Casey, those penguins are called porgs. Porgs. <laughs> uh, that what was would my, we do without you? <laughs> that's my little tag on the end there. Casey, that was our review, our discussion of the... Cecropia. Now, it's time for a game. You texted me yesterday. I sure did. And I will say when I read this text, my jaw dropped. <laughs> really? Out of excitement. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're just like, no way. How could he have done that? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, whoa, nice. That's right. Casey, you have a game. Everyone, I have a game. And you have your notebook out. I do. What are we playing today, Casey? Today, we are going to uh, play a game called Ants or Not. (laughs) All right. And essentially, here's how the game works. I'm going to ask you uh, nine or ten questions, Uh and I want you to tell me if, uh, if... Ants do this. Oh, shit. Or if something else does this. Awesome. Yeah, it could be, uh, it doesn't have to be anything specific. You don't have to guess what the thing that does do it if you don't think it's ants. Yeah, just why don't you say uh, ants? Not ants. I'll certainly, t- I'll certainly take a stab if it's All right. not ants. All right, we're gonna certainly. try and uh, I can't say that word. We're gonna try and do it. Uh, we're gonna try and do it fast. Uh, I, I, I picture this as a, um, uh, a, a kind of a quick round. I, I so imagine we'll the, the final round of Family Feud. Oh, okay. Name something. This uh, uh, soap. Casey, I'm excited. Should we set it? Should we set a timer here on my phone? Uh, yeah, we might as well. Let's do. Uh, let's do five minutes. Let's see. Uh, five minutes. Yeah, let's see if we can do it in five. Okay. We're going five minutes. Let me know when you're ready. I won't have a, a clicking talk, a clicking, a ticking clock. Oh rather, yeah, don't do that through yeah, this yeah, yeah. whole thing because that would be very annoying. Uh, Casey, should I hit start? You should hit start. Ant or not? Here we go, Alex. Spray poison on neighboring plants to keep theirs beautiful. Oh boy, I'm gonna say. N- not ant. Incorrect. It is ants. Darn it. Ants of a uh, couple different species uh, specifically get into a tree called the Duria hirsuta, and they will create what's called a devil's garden around it. Oh, wow. That's killing some everything. Biological allelopathy. Oh, it is. It's intense. And we will talk about it because uh, they actually say, yeah, this this trend, or this plant uses allelopathy. However, <gasps> it's not from the plant. Yeah. It's from the ants. Wow. There you go. There's one. Outsourced. Number two. Okay. Mimic spiders to live among them and eat them. This is not ants. Correct. It's actually the spiders. What are you saying? <laughs> what were you about to do? I was going to say it was a snake. There's a species of snake. What? Who is whose tail looks like a spider? No way. When a bird comes down uh-huh. to try to eat said oh. quote spider, uh-huh. the snake lashes wow. out and grabs it. I want to know about this. Eats a bird. Okay, that's sick. I think I it's probably no called like the spider tail snake or All something. All right, we're going to look up the spider tail snake. Yeah. Well, either way, you got that one right. Hooray. For the wrong reason. <laughs> hey, there. a win's a win. Hey, huh? a, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it an own goal? I don't care. It's a goal. 
an own goal. Uh. These are, this is, there's a specialist group of spiders in the family Zoderidae. Wow. And they're called the ant spiders. They live with ants in ant colonies, smell like ants, walk <gasps> like ants, yet only eat ants. Ants. Oh my God! They're living undercover. They're totally living undercover. How they stressful! Just, yeah, couldn't you imagine just walking around and be like, "Yeah, Bill, uh, anyway, it's good to see you again." How long, Bill? Oh my God! And Bill just <laughs> ate you. Everyone's like, "Bill, I didn't know you did that, but you smell like you smell like the old Bill, so that's okay. You're, you're wow. cool to hang around." And then Bill just continually hangs around and eats all these other ants. It's like the Men in Black aliens. Yes, it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's kind of disgusting. All right, next one, case. Next one. Hoard wild amounts of stuff in their homes. Uh huh. And uh, like hoarders. I believe this is ants. This is, in fact, not ants. Oh. Ants are extremely tidy. Are they, they actually have developed their own bathroom spaces. Are you fucking for real? Yeah. Ants will go into a certain chamber in their nest, poo there, and then come back out. That's incredible. Yeah. They, they don't have, uh, they don't let things get out of hand. It's very, very tidy. I, I read this, I mean, probably like a tweet or something one uh -huh. time. I'm going to pause the timer. Um, that said, if if humans, it's purported that if humans went extinct, uh -huh. the next species to kind of rise up and like become the top of the food chain, yeah. would be ants. Yeah, you're 100 percent probably right. Yeah, that actually goes very well into our next question, Alex. Let's hit it. Succeeded in world domination. <laughs> Ants. Correct. <laughs> this is ants. There is a, a species called the Argentine ant that is, initially was living in Argentina. Okay. However, that Argentinian ant, that Argentine ant, a tiny little thing, um, spread out and kind of popularized their own spaces, but then they would fight amongst themselves as they would kind of, almost like like tribes of people, they would split and become different peoples and then start yeah. fighting amongst themselves like after thousands of years. Uh-huh. Well, turns out we took them around on ships to other places where they didn't fight, <gasps> and they ended up killing off all the other things that, that weren't like, you know, their other queens that had different genes, until it became one single colony, one gene that has been spread from, like, uh, New Orleans to Japan to New Zealand to India to South America to the Mediterranean. Wow. Everywhere in that northern belt and the southern belt that has the same kind of temperatures, the Argentine ant has been there. One colony, one world, one ant. <laughs> there are billions of individuals and each uh, every one queen has about 120 workers. That's startling. Yeah. Way more ants than people in this case. They've done it better than we have. Wow. All right. Next question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mimic butterflies to be raised by them. Ooh, mimic butterflies to be raised by them. I don't know how an ant would mimic a butterfly. Mm -hmm. That feels like maybe a moth thing. Or something that looks a little bit more like a butterfly that has wings. I know uh -huh. there are winged ants. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say not ants. That is correct. Oof. It is, in fact, the butterfly that mimics the ants to be raised by them. This is the Alcon blue butterfly. This is incredible. It is an amazing thing. The caterpillar will drop down after eating for a while, uh -huh. and it'll hang on the ground, and it has this big, tough outer coating on it. Yeah. And it will put out chemical pheromones that ants will walk by, um, specifically, the species Myrmica, that species will walk by and will be like, hmm, 
my little, little buddy from my house picks up its little brood and this little larva, walks it down into it into its house, sets it in with all the other larvae, and then starts to feed it the butterfly larva more than its own larva in its colony. Then the butterfly will uh, metamorphose, and they'll just be like, "What is this weird big thing here?" Eh, whatever, and they just leave it alone. The butterfly then will burst out of its cocoon when it's ready. And just crawl straight out into the sky and fly away. And the <laughs> ants will be sitting there looking at this like this this empty husk and being like, "What is this? It smell. I. It smells just like one of our babies, what? but they have no idea what it is. They're extremely confused. That's startling. Yes, a a butterfly larva, a, a caterpillar will do this. Get raised by ants and then become a butterfly and fly away. Good for it. Yeah, and turns out that the ants and the larva are slowly having an arms race to try. Like some ants are getting smart to this, so the butterfly will put on a different smell and get a different species of ant. Oh my! To do God. this for it again. It's insane. That's fascinating. Are you ready for your next question? Yes. Uh, by the way, the timer has ended. Oh but yeah. We're gonna... <laughs> the timer was a. <laughs> Was a macabre charade. Yeah, it was a little bit of an idealistic idea. Yeah. Okay, build the most massive nests on Earth. The most massive nests on Earth. Yes. I want to say, like, an anthill is probably considered a nest. Yes. And I've seen some big fucking anthills. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say ants. Incorrect. This time it's termites, in fact. Oh, bother. There is a species of termites called Artemides... Miradon, Mirad, Artemides Miradonchilus. That's amazing. It is a, uh, they call it the magnetic uh, termites because they make mounds that are up to like 10 or 12 feet yeah, tall. Yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, and they're, they're vertically, or they're, uh, they're angled north-south. And so that when the sun comes from the west, it heats up one side. <sighs> when it's at the hottest part in the day, it just glances off the side. And then in the later part of the evening, it warms the other side. That's incredible. It's incredible. It's it's one of the most mind blowing things I've ever seen, and you know, they're like twice as tall as you and me. I'm not I'm not a big fan, uh, sort of like emotionally of insects. Yeah, but they do do some pretty fucking mind boggling things. Mind blowing stuff. I these mean, they're are, smart. Yeah, these are termites that are smaller than your fingernail. Yeah, insane. Ooh, I'm itchy, Casey. All right, next one. This is going to make you less itchy. All right. Ingest fungi that alters their mind for fun. Ah. <laughs> Do ants take shrooms? Hmm. I'm gonna say no. This is not ants, but I have, I have, I feel like I've heard of animals doing this. Yes, you are correct. Okay, what not animal ants. does this? Uh, you and I, people, it, meaning is what I'm saying. Like humans do this. Yes. Um, but also, you have. Uh, there's legends of deer doing this, eating um, mm. the fly agaric and getting a little silly in the yeah. early uh, the, the early springs up in the north. You Aww. know what I mean? That's the it goes with the idea of rain or uh, reindeer flying. A they're a little silly, but people also ate them and saw reindeer and be like, whoa, man. Whoa. Yeah. It's Is that all this, real? Yeah, it's all that legend with like the flying reindeer yeah. uh, in, the, in the north. Mm -hmm. Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. Santa wow. Claus is just a mushroom trip. There are species of ants that eat fungi, the leaf cutters we talked about earlier. Oh, sure. They don't eat the leaves, Alex. They take them down, chew them up, and then put them into a little tiny chamber that then grows little mushrooms. Ah. They eat the fungi exclusively. 
There Amazing. you go. All right. Um, there's also another uh, fungus that's called cordyceps that gets into ants, and it makes them crawl up to the top of something, die, and yeah. then pops out this mushroom from their head. I've seen this. It's insane. That's it's really so insane. freaky. Yeah, definitely not fun. Have so you that. seen the movie Annihilation, I think it's called? No, I haven't. It's with Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac, and they play like scientists. Okay. And this there's been this like alien invasion, but it's like a fungal alien oh okay and so it like turns animals into these crazy fucking weird mushroom monsters i want to watch this. it looks really cool and i've heard it's i've heard it's very clever and good ah well it it has to be with with those two actors i love them and there's like an alligator that's like that's like made of like fungal spores and it looks fucking nightmarish i'm into this all right let's do a -a watch-a-thon oh that'd be great all right you ready for your next i'm ready we have a few more Blindly follow their leaders. Um, no, I don't believe that ants do. Well, no, I don't believe ants do this. It is, in fact, ants. <sighs> there are uh, there's a species called driver ants. Okay. They are blind. They literally, only, literally, they blindly follow where another ant has gone. They lay down chemical trails, just pheromones as they wow. walk. So they basically go like, oh, someone walked over here. I'm going over there. And then they lay down that trail. Then another one does it. Then another one does it. So it gets stronger and stronger with this, with no technical leader. Hmm. But they all just kind of walk around until they see something. And then when they see something, another one walks over and sees that. And then they lay that second trail. They lay that second trail until the trail is taking the entire colony of wow. thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ants crawling around to do this. They're called driver ants. Driver ants. They all right. insane. Blindly follow their leaders. Other animals huh. also R- do Reminds that. me of another animal. <laughs> uh, Homo sapien. <laughs> Ever heard of them? Anyway. <laughs> All right, next question, Alex. Are you ready? I'm ready, Casey. Overwhelm their enemies with pure numbers. I mean, ants? False. It is ants, but they also use poison. That's not false. It's totally false. They overwhelm you with numbers, but sometimes they're like, eh, we don't have a whole lot, but we're going to sting you in your mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> when okay. they, uh, those, uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Practice sabotage <laughs> with neighboring clans. Practice sabotage with neighboring clans. Yeah. I feel like that is that is ants. Certainly is yeah. ants. There's a species of ants that grow in a, a desert. I can't recall which one. Um, one hunts by day for seeds. The other hunts by night for seeds. Sometimes the night ants will come out and find the holes of the day ants, take all of their seeds, and or take all of these little stones and just cover up their holes. So then when the night or in the day ants try to come out, they're like, whoa, they've been completely barricaded in. Whoa. So they have to dig their way out. They can't get as many seeds before the night comes again. Then the night ants come out and they're like, whoa, and they, they take over and they grab a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Talk about intensity. That is an HBO plot line waiting oh, to happen. absolutely it is. All these are, are HBO plot Man, lines. Man, like, ants like, are fucking hardcore. They're so insane. Wow. Well, Alex, that's that does it for ants or not ants. That was great, Casey. You I did a very good job. I had a very good time. Thank you for putting that together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a game master indeed. Well, 
we'll have uh, I'll put um, for most of these I don't have a lot of them uh, or I don't have I think the last three but um, I'll, I'll show you uh, I'll, I'll point to um, the uh, each individual ant species that does this or does not do this yeah we'll put those on our we'll put those on our website yeah, it's gonna uh, be there. under this episode Casey go check it out it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A alright and you know what Yet again, this week's question mm? is from the Patreon. Mm, I love this. Okay, I what do we love got? the Patreon. I love our patrons. We have, is it too soon to do this, Casey? I don't think so. Let's tease a little bit. We All have right. some exciting Patreon news coming up. We sure do, you guys. And it's not like, hey, a new episode. That's, no. th- that's great. We do have a new episode, though, coming out on uh, Monday, I think. Yeah, we got new episodes every uh, every other week. All the time. Um, and it's not something, it's not like a new, it's not like a new uh, perk, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It well, is. There are, there are those, too. There are those, too. We are, we are in the process yeah. of completely revamping, revitalizing, re-energizing mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. colony. Our Patreon. One world. One Patreon. One species. <laughs> one Patreon. <laughs> Alex, you're 100% right. Yeah, this, the Patreon is, is going to get really fucking cool yeah. here in a minute. We're adding new tiers. We're adding new perks to old tiers. Yeah. And we are creating some fun stuff for new interactions, new ways to get old stuff, new uh, old ways to get new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, uh, keep an ear out. We're going to probably end up putting this out um, I, by, maybe by the end of September, maybe in the middle of September. Maybe as early as we get it done. Yeah, I think we're going to get it done and release it. Yeah, but um, it's it's going to be exciting. If you want stickers, we got stickers. Uh, if you want to have live chats with Alex and wow. I, we're going to have live chats with Alex and I. If you want old stickers that you perhaps didn't get because uh, you you just heard about the show, you signed up, and you're like, wow, there's a bunch of other cool stickers. How do I get those? You have an opportunity coming. Yeah. Um, if you want to ask questions and get those questions 100% answered, you're going to have an opportunity for that. It'll all be through the Patreon. We also have a bunch of little uh, incentives. We have offers coming through, um, deals off. You have exclusive content. But there's also exclusive access to some certain things. All this is coming down the line. Yeah, and we'll give an in-depth breakdown when it when we launch it. Exactly. But uh, we'll just call this the Arbitrary Patreon 2.0. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's uh, always cool. Yeah, it feels really good. This you guys are going to like it. Arbitrary Infinity. Exactly. Wow, it just keeps going. <laughs> Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This week's question is from the Patreon, as I said. Okay. From... Paul Colvin. Hey, Paul. Good to see you. Hello, Paul. Paul asks, I have a question about pollination. Oh, nice one. You did he, would. Did he spell it P-A-U-L-ination? No, that was just sort of my inflection. Ah, nice. It was very good. I mostly think about this in wind pollination, but in pollination in general, how can the trees decipher between pollen grains of different species? Oh. I know in general their, quote, pollen receptors just won't acknowledge it as a viable pollen. Yeah. But what on a cellular level happens when a foreign pollen enters to reject it and also what chemically happens when the correct pollen makes its way into the correct tree your humble fungal mycorrhizae paul casey pollen question this is a, a an extremely good question it's it's a little bit in depth 
Um, <laughs> this is what happens when I choose the question and I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit love. This is some uh, this is rough. some microbiology. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, what happens is. Um, Pollen will land on it's uh, it's essentially the the um, the gametophyte. I'm sorry, it's, maybe it's the sporophyte phase. The sporophyte phase. What is pollen? First of all, pollen is a tiny little minuscule speck uh-huh. that is analogous to sperm in, okay. in humans or in, in animals. They would have uh, sperm. Okay, just most animals. Um, it is uh, this tiny little grain they call it, and it's at a cellular level. Um, this production, which is a gamete, it is a um, it is uh, the gametophyte phase. So I will I have that down correctly now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the the theory of alternation of generations, you have gametophyte phases and you have sporophyte phases. Right. Gametophyte phases they will um, they can produce gametes. The sporophyte phase produces spores or produces the things that produce the gametes. So there's like these two different things. We've talked about ferns before. Yeah, exactly. And they're kind of a good example of this process. Right, because they have like the big fern that you see and then they have this other almost like uh, sheath-like uh, lichen thing that grows up and produces the other kind of spore. Yeah. So they produce two different kinds of spores. One through mitosis, one through meiosis. One being that it splits the genes like a zipper and now they have half haploids cells, which are just mm. half the genes. They have to find another half of the gene to connect themselves with, and then they have another full set of genes. And then there's meiosis, where they just split, and then but you have two copies of each, where you have basically a clone of a cell. Oh boy! Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so in angiosperms, for example, uh, the gametophyte phase is the pollen grain. The the pollen grain will find the correct uh, receptor, which there is. There's certain receptors. It's almost like proteins in your body, mm. where you have a receptor that will. Uh, it has to match perfectly, like a lock and a key, in order for that thing to go in and then germinate. Okay. So what happens is that pollen will actually germinate, and when it germinates, uh, it will send a pollen tube that grows down into the ovum of the plant goes into the ovary this all this shit must be so small oh it's it's minuscule it's you can't see it without like electron microscope kind yeah of thing. wow yeah. but it literally is this tube that grows down and then sends a little cells worth of packet of dna mm-hmm. to the other ovum to the uh the receiving uh gametophyte that's another haploid that's inside the egg in the plant then those two connect they take their two haploids and they put those together and they become a full uh, a full set of genes and chromosomes and everything and then now you have the sporophyte phase now instead of doing mitosis where they both split into halves they do meiosis where they split one two and now you have two of the same sets of genes in two now individual cells I think I have that right. I'm not looking this up. I'm uh, sure you do. But I might I, be switching meiosis and mitosis, but don't, I don't quote ju- me. My, I, I, 
Well, essentially, that, aye, aye, aye. yeah, that's that's what happens where you you have this um, this carpal in, in gymnosperms, for example. It's a little bit different where you have like this. There's no pollen tube that comes out. There's mm-hmm. just this pollen grain that lands on the cell. They connect. Boom. They're done. That's that's it. So when a species of pollen lands on a tree or on a on a receptor that is not of that species, yeah, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't germinate. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. It just gets kicked off or something. Pretty much. Yeah. Sits there and dies. Yeah. And you, every now and then that does happen. That's when you get hybrids where it's just close enough that it does germinate and it does create these this other set of genes. Okay. Um, so sometimes that does happen, but um, it's it's complicated at a cellular level like that, but mostly you can imagine this little tube growing through down the stigma of the uh, of the receptor plant. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a little bit complicated. Um, there are some great resources out there that answer this question better than me. Honestly, Wikipedia is a great great spot. I've I've researched and just went back to Wikipedia because they say it so so easily described. Yeah. So I always recommend that. But of course, you don't want to listen to a podcast just to get a Wikipedia answer. That's, that's <laughs> no fun. But um, you could go down also a that's click certain. hole of reading about all the things like, oh, the alternation of generation. Click on that. Gametophyte, sporophyte. What are, oh, my God. And you just keep going down and down and down. Right. Like, and all that stuff gives you context. I always think it's nice, It's good to like research the stuff around what yeah, you're researching. Exactly. Which is why it's also nice to go to the, uh, the resources page or to just not click on Wikipedia because there's a lot of microbiologists out there. Out there and micro botanists who say, "Oh, this is exactly how it works." Mm-hmm. And there's also um, websites that are from colleges that have done a really good job explaining this, like it, at the level of, "Hey, you're in uh, bio 202. We have to explain how this process works at a molecular level." And then they they create this really easy to read graphic or video or something like that. There you have it. Yeah, but it's it's extremely like. Mind blowing when you talk about the 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 fact that the the pollen grain is technically like a gametophyte. It's a different fucking thing entirely. Mm. I can't even get into it. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you, Paul. If you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail dot com. That's a r b o r t r a r y pod. Or join the Patreon. This is a great way to get your questions answered. More on that next month yes. when we release the news the the huge news yeah uh we should we should have a leak we should plan a leak casey oh yeah I, absolutely leaks like, are hot right now like some document that no one knows yeah uh, and they're like wait a second were we supposed to see this it's like mostly redacted yeah exactly yeah so you know that someone's like well we don't want to give away too much information <laughs> Join us on our Patreon. We'll, we'll let our intern uh, accidentally send before <laughs> it should have been done. Patreon.com slash ArbitraryPod. Uh, join the Arboretum for five bucks a month and get two bonus episodes every month on other related topics and trees. Or join the Cone of the Month Club to get a unique die-cut cone sticker sent to you every month in your mailbox. It's extremely cool. It is very cool, baby, yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, I want to be like, if you join right now, we'll give you an extra high five when we do all these changes, but I think that's, uh, I don't know if we can. Yeah, it, if you're on the fence about joining the Patreon, this upcoming news may convince you. It, I think it should. Yeah. Also, the cone that's coming out, oh my God. Oh, Casey, this week, this month, rather, yeah. is the Bunya. Oh, it's so cool. The Bunya cone. It's so cool. It is gorgeous. I'm gonna I'm gonna post about or I have posted about that already. Go to Instagram to see it. It's very sparkly yep. and precious and beautiful. Put it on a water bottle as Casey has. Yes, I love it. Casey, 
Alex, great, uh, great job. I hope that you are inspired after this. You know, I, I'm actually, you've ignited a little bit of a curiosity in me Oh, regarding ants. This is very curious. I think they're creepy crawly. They are. That's they're, for sure. They're spooky wooky. Yep. But they seem to do some pretty <laughs> remarkable stuff, so I'm interested. Yeah, that's, that is for sure. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100% right. Yeah. Well, well hey. Our conclusion to our symbiotic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm gonna call this a uh, odyssey. Yeah, I think it's a good term. Yeah, is next week. We will see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. See you next time. Oh, bye bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>